are humans. Just be out, go out there, ask questions. If you want to do something, ask your boss and do it. If you don't have that place in that table, ask for that. Be proactive. Because I feel like it's just a limiting belief that we put to our mind. And then this is how people see us. So if I say, you know, I'm going to be a leader and that's it. I'm going to work hard for that. Nobody will stop me. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Artists of Data Science podcast. My goal with this podcast is to share the stories and journeys of the thought leaders in data science, the artists who are creating value for our field through the content they're creating, the work they're doing, and the positive impact they're having within their organizations, industries, society, and the art of data science as a whole. I can't even begin to express how excited I am that you're joining me today. My name is Harpreet Sohota, and I'll be your host as we talk to some of the most amazing people in data science. Today's episode is brought to you by Data Science Stream Job. If you're wondering what it takes to break into the field of data science, check out dsdj.co forward slash artists with an S for an invitation to a free webinar where we'll give you tips on how to land your first job in data science. I've also got a free open mastermind Slack community called the Artists of Data Science Loft that I encourage everyone listening to join. I'll make myself available to you for questions on all things data science and keep you posted on the bi-weekly open office hours that I'll be hosting for our community. Check that out at artofdatascienceloft.slack.com. Community is super important and I'm hoping you guys will join the community where we can keep each other motivated, keep each other in the loop on what's going on with our own journeys so that we can learn, grow, and get better together. Let's ride this beat out into another awesome episode and don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, love, rate, and review the show. Our guest today is a high-energy data science professional with a proven ability to rapidly prototype new machine learning techniques and deliver on feature requirements. She's an innovative data scientist who's coupled her visionary and conceptual thinking approach to develop statistical and machine learning models to create scalable NLP solutions that can be embedded within larger systems. She's got a knack for crafting clear arguments, stunningly coherent presentations, and uses her powers of persuasion to listen, influence, and network effectively. Throughout her career, she's gained significant work experience in industry and applied research and has attained a series of academic accolades, including bachelor's and master's degrees in telecommunications engineering from the Polytechnic University of Tirana, as well as a PhD in computer science from the University of New York, where she developed a new algorithm called Randomized Greedy Ensemble Outlier Detection with GRASP. Say that three times fast. She's worked at organizations such as the Canadian Institute of Technology and CLIC. She's currently at Viva Systems, 
where she develops models that leverage NLP and machine learning to help drive meaningful insights and quickly identify, classify, and prioritize adverse drug events. She's also a data science mentor with Sharpest Minds, where she mentors and guides mentees in STEM fields that want to learn data science and NLP. She's a well-known and respected member of Toronto Women of Data Science, where she lives out her passion for giving back to the community by helping and advising women break into the field of data science. So please help me in welcoming our guest today, a woman whose recent honors include five published papers across various academic journals, Dr. Ledeona Nishani. Thanks, thanks so much for being here today, Ledeona. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Harbred, and thank you for inviting me, for giving the opportunity uh, to uh, talk about my journey and this platform and just, I don't know, inspire people and what, it, what a good thing to do here today on Saturday, just talking about and just having fun together. <laughs> so, so happy you were able to, to carve out time from your schedule uh, to come here and talk about your journey. Uh, you come from an amazingly strong research background. So can you talk to me about your journey from the research world to data science and touch on some of the challenges you faced along the way and how you overcame them? Yeah, so uh, my uh, my career journey is not linear at all. So I started uh, like finishing my, my master's degree and then I was appointed as a lecturer in a university. And then uh, that I kind of jumped on uh, upon into getting uh, pursuing my PhD degree computer science. So from telecommunication, going to computer science with no computer science background whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but like I just grabbed that opportunity uh, and then uh, learned to learn a lot. So um, you know, I was lecturing as well and building my thesis, researching, uh, publishing a lot of papers. Uh, it has been uh, challenging but rewarding as well because that was m my first uh, exposure to data science uh, from my uh, from my uh, advisor, my thesis advisor, and uh, so I learned, um, you know, programming. I learned machine learning at the same time, reading a lot of papers, uh, getting to understand algorithm uh, under the hood as well. And then, yeah, I wrote papers. It was kind of uh, um, challenging. The same at the same time, you you need to revise them, and then, but you learn. In the beginning, perhaps you don't know how to write a paper, and then through virus feedback, you. You just apply them and then just you you end up publishing in high impact factor journal journals which was really rewarding and then after that I um, you know I just graduated uh, I felt like uh, I just needed more hands-on experience to apply those kind of principles and all this wealth of knowledge into a business problem so I just decided to migrate in Canada here in Toronto so <laughs> uh, and then here is where was another shift another pivotal moment where I kind of uh, put myself in, in industry so Iteration is such a such a, a pinnacle part of data science. I almost feel like it should be called iteration science. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Experimenting, experimenting and figuring it out along the way. So your area of, of focus, the, the thing that you're really passionate about is NLP, which is such a fascinating part of data science. To me, it's kind of like black magic. Um, can you kind of talk about what got you interested in NLP and what you think the future holds for this particular area of data science? Uh, well, I just, uh, you know, I just ended up by chance, uh, honestly, because I, I came here in Toronto, I was looking for job opportunities. And my, my thesis was in outlier detection and just uh, a building a, a grid ensemble algorithm for outlier detection. So you can, you can think of that I would be more 
uh, with that previous experience into time series problems. But just I just ended up in a in an early stage startup. They were working for uh, building their own chatbot. So that was my first exposure to NLP. So I started learning, understanding their their data, text analytics, running topic modeling algorithms. So I just started learning really kind of baby steps. And then after that, I was uh, I went to another company where from my experience in the topic modeling and NLP, I was kind of associated to the NLP folks say, uh, in the team where I had really nice and really helpful uh, co-workers that I learned a lot from them. So I kind of um, joined their uh, research problems. And that is where I started, uh, you know, my passion for NLP started to uh, to expand. It's not that I had something innate, but I feel like passion always uh, gets uh, developed when you start working on that. You iterate, you fail, you 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 succeed after that, and then you start liking it. And so, yeah, in terms of uh, NLP uh, as a field, it's growing so much. I'm learning every day. I cannot say that I know everything. So it's an ongoing process and I but what I love about it is to make sense of unstructured text unstructured data so I'm working now with uh, adverse events reports or, or like uh, clinical data medical data which is so dirty and so, and so unstructured just being able to parse that to understand the connotation the meaning the relationship between different medical concepts is so uh, fascinating to me and in terms of the future like what the future is that no I do. This is uh, this is my uh, my two cents. So uh, it will be a huge thing into business for chatbots, uh, for understanding, as I said, unstructured text, a voice to text speech recognition. A lot. There is a lot of room for that. And what I love about it is the fact that how can we understand human language? How can we make computers understand human language through different nuances? For, for different mannerism or like uh, we use different words with a different context based on the, the time or the, or the concept that, that is used. So being able to make computers understand that, I believe this is really fascinating. So we are you know, on the right track for that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if my computer started to understand me when, I, when I'm cussing at it because my code doesn't work. So let's hope, let's, hope, let's hope it doesn't understand me enough to uh, to to use it against me. You know what's fascinating? I, I, there's a, a comment you made that I, that really resonated with me, um, and that's about passion and how passion is not um, you develop your passion, right? You develop yeah. it by just working on hard, tough problems. I think that's a very important point that you brought up. So um, it reminds me of this this book that I recently let, read. Uh, perhaps you might have read it as well. Uh, so good they can't ignore you by Cal Newport. Oh, I haven't. I'm I'm putting that in my bucket list, right? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great read. So now, as as somebody who's kind of been on on both sides of the fence, yeah, uh, yeah. talk to me about some of the the common challenges you've seen up and coming data scientists face when it comes time to take research into production. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's challenging. I would I would say because uh, research, uh, you have that kind of time or air cover. I would say that uh, you have the time to deep dive into that and make it perfect, you know, or find the, the, the latest research, combine them together, be creative, and you can find the best 
best and the more refined solution. But on the other hand, uh, it, in the business perspective, you don't have that time. You need to have a solution that it would be feasible, uh, that, uh, that uh, has speed, that it works, and then you can build upon it. So in terms of in my previous company, when I was working, I just did a lot of research, uh, like six months, uh, a really uh, great project. However, uh, we, we went to just making as a proof of concept and we didn't have the data to make it uh, to make it like uh, retrain our model and uh, make a productionalized code and build the app because we didn't have the clinical notes. So sometimes when you work on research, you can do a really great job, but uh, what is the value of it? I, I, that is something that you need to be be mindful of when kind of throwing uh, throwing yourself out there, especially for 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 business problem. In terms of like uh, uh, there are a lot of labs that are. You know, uh, pushing the state of the art research, building new algorithms—that is another story. But in terms of uh, uh, like industry, you, uh, it's kind of a mismatch. And I'm facing that kind of challenge because I'm used from research in my previous company, and now here they they require time, uh, speed. They require uh, the deadline, the release, the sprints. So you need to create that kind of minimum viable product and ship it, and then perhaps you might uh, build upon it and uh, make it more, you know. Fancy, or <laughs> that is uh, like a challenge that, that I see. And then on the other hand, coming from the research background, we are used to you know build that algorithm, but not really looking at the code or being able to write a, a, to productize the code so we can uh, put it into into production. So I'm learning that as well now, which is a, a great experience collaborating with the engineering team and then getting their kind of coding standards that I wasn't able, I wasn't used to uh, before. So. It's great, yeah. What's up, artists? Check out our free open mastermind Slack channel, the Artists of Data Science Loft at artofdatasciencelofft.slack.com. I'll keep you posted on the bi-weekly open office hours that I'll be hosting, and it's a great environment and community for all of us to talk all things data science. Look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, somebody uh, who's curious or has a curious mind myself, like it's it's such a curse sometimes when you want to go down that rabbit hole, but then you got your boss like, yo, like we need to, we need to, we need to get something out there. We need to start making some yeah. moves and, you know, adding business value. Because yeah. you want to narrow down, you want to like a research, uh, at least for me, sometimes I, I, I find myself, oh, I want to read as much as I can, the domain knowledge or what have other people done out there. I want to, to get the latest research the latest algorithm and combine whatever and then oh okay but like we don't have time we need to start implementing that we, we need to start doing that so so what's the first thing you do when you're taking on a new project like what, what are some of the steps uh, you take to kind of keep you on track while you're navigating this the ambiguity of some of these these projects yeah great question uh, so always I start with a problem so I always start uh, understanding the, the problem uh, so what what is the client ask what is their ask? What is their want? If it, this is an internal project, was it, what is required for, from, from me? So, uh, and trying to really make it crystal clear in my head first. And if I have any doubt, always ask uh, my colleagues, my boss, never assuming. I found sometimes I assume and I'm wrong. <laughs> so it's always to have this clear vision of what will be, be the problem. And then uh, think about what is the result that they're looking for. And then 
kind of reverse engineer uh, with that. So let's say uh, uh, identify the uh, KPI, key performance indicator. What are the results? What will make this project successful? And, and then after that, think about, you know, okay, let's go translate this business problem to machine learning solution. Here you can do some research, but always with a specific uh, time frame and um, brainstorm and uh, think about a solution. Always start with a baseline. Always start with the easiest algorithm that works, and then you can build upon it. Never start. Uh, I have done my uh, this mistake. Uh, like always, I wanted to do something complicated, diff difficult, or stuff like that, and just it didn't work. So just do something baseline, and then you can improve it. And always look at the data. You don't have the data. Uh, always convince your boss. <laughs> uh, having this kind of art of persuasion, I believe, is really cr crucial. Get the data, uh, 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 look at the quality of that, label the data as well if it's needed, and then build that model, and then in the end, of course, ser serialize it and, and deploy it into production. So, yeah, yeah, that. yeah that, that's such an important point there to create a baseline uh, because you know you create that baseline and that kind of comes the new benchmark, the score to beat, right? So you know that if, if whatever you do doesn't perform better than that baseline, then you're headed down the, the wrong path. The rabbit so hole. Yeah, you go down the rabbit hole, right? So it's important <laughs> to have that baseline as, as a North Star. Besides the obvious technical skills that are required to be successful, uh, as a data scientist, what would you consider to be an essential skill to be and remain successful as a data scientist? Uh, I believe in these times we need communication. Like uh, communication is the key to, to be successful because you need to communicate with different stakeholders. Like uh, at my position right now, I need to communicate and collaborate with PMs product managers, I need to understand them, I need to understand their language. Uh, on the other hand, I need to com uh, communicate and collaborate with the engineering team, with software developers, which they have completely different angle of, of the problem. And you need to be able to convince this all these people, stakeholders, for your solution. So you need to uh, be able to uh, talk in their language. So this is really crucial because if they are not convinced, that the solution is the right one, you, are, you don't have uh, the support to keep the, the project going. Uh, another thing is empathy. I do, I, I just, uh, I'm a really advocate of empathy, uh, like uh, looking at the client, what, what they're looking for. So what is their want? So putting your, yourself in their position, putting yourself in the software engineering team, what is their, what they are looking for always makes you kind of like make the communication easier. And uh, if you have, let's say, conflicts or like you uh, always thinking at their being in their shoes really will help you to kind of smooth it out and just, you know, get that kind of approval and yeah, make, make the job, make yourself more successful in the team. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really the yeah, emotional intelligence is definitely something that I feel like a lot of, a lot of people don't put enough work into. Like a lot of the times we're focused so much on learning, you know, the new, a new algorithm or learning some new programming technique. Um, but, you know, putting in the work to really understand your fellow humans is, is an essential skill as well. So I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. So I know we kind of, you know, we kind of touched on, on this, but mm -hmm. Piggybacking off that last question, yeah. uh, what are you looking for uh, in an up-and-coming data scientist? So yeah, uh, when I uh, we were hiring some interns at uh, at our team, and what I was looking for is first being curious, 
like being critical thinkers. And what I look for is like, uh, let's say you give a problem to them and they haven't seen it before, they should be comfortable or like figuring it out, asking questions and uh, giving giving the, uh, their thoughts. And even though they might know it, they might don't know it because they haven't done it before, they should have that kind of internal confidence. Okay, I'm going to figure it out no matter what. Because asking questions, bouncing of ideas, uh, whiteboarding. These are skills that you don't find it. Uh, so, and this comes with experience as well, this kind of uh, confidence. And what else? So I see like uh, being lifelong learning as well. And I feel like being resilient. This is like one of the key, key things that I see. It's hard to test in the, in an interview, but I feel like you build it through experience, dusting yourself off. We have so many projects that, that might fail, but you still keep going, keep going and learn from them and then apply to the next project. So. That's, that's a great segue actually into my next question here. So, I mean, apart from your, like just your amazing technical skills, what do you think is, is the one quality that's really contributed most to your success? Yeah, this, yeah, it's related to, honestly, like I didn't start with really strong technical skills. <laughs> uh, like, as I said, when I started my PhD, I didn't have uh, coding skills or background at all, honestly. And I learned along the way. And I feel like having this growth mindset, it helped me a lot. Uh, like, you know, uh, even though I don't know it, I'm going to learn it no matter what. Not comparing myself to others because I'm having my own journey and just comparing myself to yesterday. Am I learning? Am I doing percent incremental um, incremental growth, uh, incremental improvements to myself and then, uh, and then I'm good. And then always uh, I have this uh, being uh, comfortable of not being uncomfortable. So in the sense that I for myself, whatever it is, I'm going to grow from this. Nothing, nothing bad will happen. Even if they reject me, let's say in an interview or something, I will get something out of it, no matter what. So just, just do it. Never stop. Something because people get, you know, procrastinate. They have the fear of rejection. I'm not gonna write that book. I'm not gonna, I don't know, build that model because I know it will fail. But they kind of have this limiting belief stopping themselves from this. So I learned that just do it. Just go out there, throw yourself into the sea, and just learn. I literally, I have chills all over my body. <laughs> Uh, that was so powerful, right? Having that growth mindset is so crucial. And I think it's that one, like you mentioned, that one belief that, that matters is that all of your efforts, everything you put in, all that hard work, even if you don't get the outcome that you want, you're still going to be rewarded with a new knowledge, yeah. new yeah. skills, new abilities. So it's always worth putting in the effort, even if failure is, is a real possible outcome. Yeah, yeah. And to add upon, like I was talking with my friend the other day and two months ago, she was looking for new opportunities uh, for, for a better uh, position. And she was uh, having some rejection in terms of interview. And I told her, keep going, you know, keep going and learn from those, those rejections and learn from, from that, uh, from those interviews. Are you better at the next interview? Yes, you're good. And then she got her job, her dream job because the thing is the universe will conspire with you like after you do your hard work your dream job will come along and then just it will be easy then because you are ready for that true words have never been spoken so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I was wondering uh, i was wondering if you could you could speak to your experience being a woman in tech your involvement in toronto wids and if you have any advice or words of encouragement for our female listeners 
Yeah, so I'm pretty passionate about like, you know, empowering women, uh, you know, uh, passing that to, to the community as well, helping them. So uh, my experience with uh, women in data science of Toronto is pretty interesting because like I just I just came in 2017 and I just got this message from LinkedIn of the organizer of the conference. Perhaps I was the PhD and the keyword got it. And then she just invited me to the conference. I didn't have any experience whatsoever talking to a Canadian audience. And I said, okay. I'm going to go, you know, I just like entertaining the audience. I don't care about my accent or anything like that. I'm just, and I just presented my PhD thesis and it was a huge success. I liked it. And then the next year, again, she, uh, she asked me again and I, uh, you know, presented my research work that was I was even more I've grown a lot after one year uh, so uh, and in terms of uh, an advice that I would have to women I just I feel like don't have the limiting belief that you are a woman and then you uh, I don't know uh, you will are inferior all this kind of stigma and all that just you know you are the same men are the same they have their own insecurities they felt doubt themselves we are humans. Just be out, go out there, ask questions. If you want to do something, ask your boss and do it. If you don't have that place in that table, ask for that. Be proactive. Because I feel like it's just a limiting belief that we put to our minds. And then this is how people see us. So if I say, you know, I'm going to be a leader and that's it. I'm going to work hard for that. Nobody will stop me. So... Oh, awesome. I, I, love, I love, that, love that perspective. So before we jump into our lightning round here, what's the yeah. one thing you want people to learn from your story? So I, I just want to inspire people from all, all my journey and just uh, don't be afraid. Just be fearless and try things out. Just nothing will, even if you fail, it's okay. It's a learning. Dust yourself off and go again through to your goal, to your North, North Star. Just stay focused. And in, in the end of the day, I just came from Albania. From academia and then all these kind of differences and I don't know where I will end honestly because <laughs> it's a long journey you learn and you learn every day and then just be focused and just be resilient how do you learn resilient how do you build that like that muscle just by failing Are you an aspiring data scientist struggling to break into the field? Well, then check out dsdj.co forward slash artists to reserve your spot for a free informational webinar on how you can break into the field. That's going to be filled with amazing tips that are specifically designed to help you land your first job. Check it out. dsdj.co forward slash artists. And, you know, in the short amount of time that I've known you, I could tell with that attitude and just the tremendous amount of work that you've always been putting in that wherever you yeah. are, it's going to be, it's going to be at the top or beyond the top. Uh, yeah. so, well, thank so, you. Hope so. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's jump into our lightning round here. So Python or R? Uh, honestly, I know only Python and uh, Python is the good to go is, you know, the most used 80% go learn Python and just be, be better at it. Code every day, code every day. So even if you have those bugs uh, that you need to debug, it and you are feeling oh my god i'm not finding it ask people ask uh, your your support group and yeah we will figure it out what's your favorite algorithm uh that is a tricky question to me i would say like my algorithm that i have <laughs> 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 that i have uh, that's, my that's acceptable <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, I just feel like it, uh, it depends on the problem that I'm looking for. Now with medical data, like uh, just uh, using support vector machine for a classifier, it works wonders. Uh, generally with NLP now with information extraction, I use Spacey uh, as a library to get dependency parsing or syntactic of, of features. Uh, so it depends on it depends on the problem. Like uh, I can't, I don't have one one favorite one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's the one you wrote. It's okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> <right now. laughs> so, what's a book that every data scientist should read? Uh, I have two favorite one, one high level and one uh, more uh, more uh, algorithm. So the first one is uh, Data Science for Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that is like uh, the book uh, in 2013, but it's, it's a jam, honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, for everybody that wants to understand how are we solving business problems and just in a high level perspective, uh, it's a really great read for managers as well. If they want mm-hmm. to manage the data science, it's a great read. And then for, um, uh, for in terms of understanding algorithms under the hood, uh, their principles, their maths, I, I like the hands-on machine learning with scikit-learn and TensorFlow. Mm. I, I find it really helpful for uh, crucial uh, questions on interview. Let's say, how does the sport vector machine uh, works under the hood or, or a random forest or uh, ensemble models? Like you have a really interesting and really helpful insights of how they work. And yeah, these are my two. In terms of like for women, I, I love uh, the, um, the book, um, Forget the, the Mentor, Get a Sponsor. Definitely. That is a really eye-opening book for me. And this can help you kind of like climb that career ladder faster. <laughs> Yeah, that was Sylvia and Hewlett, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I'll, I'll be sure to link those books in the show notes. Uh, how about a book recommendation for people that are wanting to learn NLP? You can start from Second Learn Feature Extraction. Mm-hmm. That is the part that, that I started with uh, TF-IDF and the uh, vectorization. So what's your favorite question to ask in a job interview? I love that question. My favorite question is asking to the manager so I can gauge what kind of uh, you know culture they have. Are they motivated? Are they passionate about what they do? Do they have a sense of purpose? So I always ask. Uh, so what makes you wake up in the morning <laughs> and go and go to work and just kick off that day? And and that is where they are so passionate and just they kind of explain their purpose. I can kind of gauge if they are not uh, replying uh, with not that enthusiasm I feel like perhaps this is not the right job for me yeah, that's a great it question makes them so happy <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a really really good question yeah um, so what's the strangest question that you've been asked in an interview uh, one uh, like uh, what is your spirit animal it's not a strange question it's a uh, it's a good question <laughs> uh-huh. but like when they asked me I felt like okay you know so I would say like I might be a cat, but I might be a tiger. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was interesting because that is kind of aging or a culture fit or not. So yeah. how do you see yourself? So that's kind yeah. of a cat. But when I see myself in the mirror, I am a tiger or whatever. Lion. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's so my, all about my, how you see yourself. It's true, man. My spirit animal is actually a fox. Because oh, why is that? Well, because there's a uh, there's an old, old adage that difference between a fox and a hedgehog. The hedgehog knows one thing really well, but the fox knows a little bit about everything. Oh, yeah. So I just feel I just generalist. Feel like, yeah, I'm much of a generalist. So I feel like that just resonates with me. How mm-hmm. can these people? How can these people connect with you? LinkedIn. 
I have a big network in LinkedIn and I, I always re reply to people when they want to pick my brain or even if they want a coffee or for, for mentoring. Uh, my LinkedIn is Lidiora Nishani. You can find me on LinkedIn. I just, yeah. <laughs> they will find me. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be so, sure to link your uh, profile yeah, link yeah, on, on the show notes as well. That is my favorite social media. So. Oh yeah, same here. Still, we want to have on my phone. I got rid of like Facebook and Instagram from my phone and just kept uh, LinkedIn just because it's got all the information that, that I want to be exposed to. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Hey, well, Lidiana, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. And I really appreciate you You're sharing welcome. your insights and your knowledge. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are going to benefit from everything that you had to say today. So again, thank you very much for being on the show. And thank you so much for inviting me, for giving the opportunities to share my stories and this uh, this platform. So I wish you all the best in your uh, journey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.